the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Satan deceives the whole world. And before we were saved, before you were saved by Jesus Christ, or I were saved by Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Before we were saved, we walked according to the devil. In our scientific age, where mysteries of the spiritual realm are often labeled as myth, we have a hard time acknowledging what's happening on a spiritual level in this world. We'd much rather treat sinful behaviors as an illness, blaming our genetics or biological dispositions. That's a lot easier to take than the idea that a demon or Satan himself are having an influence. As Pastor Dan will explain in today's message, we need to be aware of this spiritual battle. Ignoring it makes us more vulnerable to attacks. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 22. Then one was brought to Jesus who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute, and he healed him, so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw, and all the multitude, multitudes were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong, strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house? He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we ask as always that your Holy Spirit be our teacher. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. I pray and ask that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we we have reached the point in the ministry of Jesus where Jesus is rejected. Uh, If you look back in verse 14, it says, Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Now, Jesus will not be crucified until chapter 27, but the religious leaders have already rejected him as their Messiah, and they're actively plotting how they might destroy him. And now in verse 22, a demon-possessed man is brought to Jesus, and we're told that this demon-possessed man is also blind and mute. And I want you to think about this man's condition for just a moment. He's blind and he's mute. He, He could not see to help himself. Nor could he speak to ask for help. And he's demon-possessed. And the implication is that his his blindness and his inability to speak is the result of his demon possession. A, A demon has made him blind and mute. Now, this is not the first time in the Gospel of Matthew that we've encountered a person made mute by a demon. Back in chapter 9, verse 32 a man that was mute and demon-possessed was brought to Jesus. But once again, we are reminded that demon possession is a a real thing. A person can be demon-possessed even still today. It's not something that just happened in the ancient times. Demon possession is a a thing still today. People can be demon-possessed. I would say demon possession is more widely acknowledged in some other countries. uh, In the... the Western world and the United States, demon possession is not really considered or believed by most people. Uh, demon possession is sometimes mislabeled or misdiagnosed as something else in the Western world, which I'm sure pleases Satan to no end. To have so many people in the Western world think that it doesn't exist, that it's not real when it really is. Demon possession is real. There are people walking around our community today that are demon possessed. And we see here that this man, that with this man, his demon possession has had a physical effect on him. And sometimes demon possession can have a physical effect on a person. In this case, the man is blind and he's mute as a result of his demon possession. Uh, We see other examples in the New Testament of people suffering a physical effect because of demon possession. Now, that's that's not to say that every every physical or psychological ailment is demonic in origin, but some of them are. Satan has the power, as we see here, to affect people physically. Satan also has the power to make people spiritually blind to the truth, spiritually blind to reality, spiritually blind to Jesus Christ. 
Satan has the ability to make people spiritually mute, where they refuse to praise the Lord, they refuse to say the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has the power to open the eyes of the spiritually blind, and he has the power to open the mouth of the spiritually mute so that that person speaks praises. I've mentioned in previous studies uh, that in the days before Jesus, the ancient rabbis divided miracles into two categories. Uh, there were miracles that, that uh, anyone could perform if they were empowered by God to do those miracles. Then there were miracles that the ancient rabbis said only the Messiah would perform when he comes. They were messianic miracles. And there's three messianic miracles. We've mentioned this before. Three messianic miracles that the ancient rabbi said only the Messiah would do. And this is how you will recognize and identify the Messiah. One of those messianic miracles was the cleansing of a leper. The cleansing of a leper. And we've seen Jesus do that in the gospel of Matthew. And if you remember back in chapter 8, when Jesus cleansed a leper of his leprosy, he then sent that cleansed leper to the temple in Jerusalem to make the the offering for a cleansed leper. And remember, Jesus said, as a testimony to the priests. He sent that cleansed leper to the priests in Jerusalem as a testimony to them. And what was the testimony? The Messiah is here. Lepers are being cleansed. And so that's the first messianic miracle, the cleansing of lepers. The second messianic miracle was the healing of a person born blind. The healing of a person born blind. We see an example of that in John chapter 9. And then the third messianic miracle was the casting out of a demon from a person that was mute. A person that was mute. And and whenever Jesus performed one of these three messianic miracles, it, it created a different reaction from the people than other miracles. Look at verse 23. As we see in verse 23, the people say, Could this be the son of David? Could this be the Messiah? Now, why do they say that? Because Jesus just performed a miracle. They believed only the Messiah would do when he comes. So they say, is is this the Messiah? He's doing what we've been taught the Messiah will do. He's casting a demon out of a mute person. And the reason that they said that this would be a miracle, a messianic miracle, is because the the casting a demon out of a mute person uh, was something, uh, well, let me say it this way. The Jewish Jewish exorcist that cast demons out, which was a common thing, uh, they had a, a ritual that they went through, a process to cast out a demon. And in that ritual, it required them to communicate with the demon and to learn the demon's name. Uh, Jesus did this with the demon-possessed man of Gadara. He asked him, what's your name? And he said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Right? And so the Jewish ritual and casting out a a demon required them to communicate with the demon, learn the demon's name. Uh, and, And so since they were unable to communicate with the demon of a person made mute, they were powerless to cast out that demon. And so the religious leaders taught that the Messiah... When he comes, he'll be powerful enough to cast out a demon from a mute person without communicating with the demon. So this was kind of where this, this teaching came from. So this, this miracle here is one of those three messianic miracles that they taught 
this is how you're going to know the Messiah when he comes. So when Jesus healed this man and he cast out the demon, again, verse 23, the multitudes, it says, were amazed. The word means astonished. Their minds are blown. And they said, could this be the son of David? The son of David was a messianic title. The Messiah will be a descendant of David. And in the Old Testament, David is the only person who, has, who, who demonstrates power over demons. In 1 Samuel chapter 16. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Jesus did a miracle that they taught and they learned was something only the Messiah could do. The crowd says, well, who else could this be other than the son of David? He must be the Messiah. Now, Mark's account of this in Mark chapter 3, verse 22, tells us that there there were Pharisees and scribes from Jerusalem in the crowd when this miracle took place. So there's an official delegation from Jerusalem there. They're there to investigate Jesus to determine if he's the Messiah or not. He does this miracle. The crowd asks the obvious question, could this be the son of David? And in verse 24, the the leaders from Jerusalem give their official opinion about Jesus Christ. This is their official ruling. Now, when the Pharisees heard, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. So these religious leaders, they couldn't deny that there was a miracle that took place. They couldn't deny something supernatural has happened. They can't dismiss it. They can't ignore it. They have to give an explanation to the crowd for it. And the leaders of Judaism say Jesus performed his miracles by the power of Satan. And this now becomes, this is an important moment in the ministry of Jesus here. If you're taking notes, this, this is the moment. This becomes the official position of Judaism. Regarding Jesus, that he's doing all of these miracles, all of these works by the power of Satan. And this continued to be the official position of Judaism well into the early centuries of the church age. And even today in the Jewish writings known as the Mishnah, it says that Jesus performed his miracles by sorcery and black magic. And he led Israel astray by his sorcery. Still today. And so this is, this, this is now, this is where this becomes, all right, this is our official position on Jesus. And, and you know, what's the dealio here with these miracles? It's all by, by demonic power. In John chapter 15, verse 24, Jesus said, If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, 
they would have no sin, but now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. Jesus did works that no one else did messianic miracles and they hated him and rejected him in spite of the obvious sign of these miracles. So now verse 25, Jesus responds. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? Jesus says, this is illogical. What you're saying is just illogical. It's illogical that Jesus would use demonic power to cast out demons. That would be self-defeating. If Satan casts out Satan, then Satan is divided against himself. Satan wants people possessed. Satan wants people blind and mute. He wants to kill, steal, and, and destroy. So it's illogical that Satan would cast out Satan. Or that Satan would set captives free. If that were true, the kingdom of Satan would not stand. Satan would destroy his own kingdom. So Jesus makes the argument here. It's, it's just illogical that he would use demonic powers to cast out demons. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. And by the way, what Jesus says here is also true for a nation. A nation divided against itself cannot stand. It will self-destruct. Then he goes on to say in verse 27, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Now, again, demon possession was common in the ancient world. I, I don't believe that demon possession or demonic activity has decreased in modern times. I just think we don't recognize it as demonic. We, we call it something else now. But in the ancient world, they, they had these Jewish exorcists that would cast out demons. We see an example in Acts chapter 19 with the seven sons of Sceva, who were sons of one of the chief priests. And Jesus says here, if, if I use demonic power to cast out demons, then by what power do your sons cast out demons? Are they using demonic power too? And obviously, they, they would never say or believe that their sons use demonic power to cast out demons. They would say they use the power of God to cast out demons. So then he goes on in verse 28. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The only logical explanation for the miracles that Jesus performed was that he performed these miracles uh, by the power and authority of of God. In Luke's account of this conversation, in Luke chapter 11, verse 20, Jesus says he cast out demons with the finger of God. With the finger of God. That's an important phrase that Jesus used to describe his miracles. It's the finger of God. That phrase appears only four times in the Bible. In Luke chapter 11, and then three times in the Old Testament. The first time it's used in the Old Testament is in Exodus chapter 8. When the magicians of Pharaoh cannot replicate one of the plagues and the magicians of Pharaoh tell Pharaoh, this is the finger of God that's doing this. 
So Pharaoh's magicians acknowledged the finger of God when they saw it. But the Pharisees refuse to acknowledge the finger of God when they see it. The same phrase is also used when God writes the commandments on the stone tablets that he gave to Moses. The finger of God wrote the commandments. And so here, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the scribes, they accuse Jesus of, of you know, working for the devil. Jesus responds by saying, he's God, which he is. He's God incarnate. Now look at verse 29. Verse 29, Jesus gives this very uh, vivid description of delivering someone from demonic possession. And what, what really happens in the spiritual realm He says, or how can one, listen to what it says. How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? Satan here is described as a strong man, but Jesus is the stronger man. Aren't you glad that Jesus is the stronger man, right? What kind of world would this be? What kind of hell would this world be if Satan were stronger? Praise the Lord that Jesus is the stronger one. And you know, it says in 1 John chapter 4, greater is he that dwells in you than he that is in the world. You have the stronger one dwelling in you by the spirit of God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And and, and again, look at verse 29, the way that Jesus describes this. he, He says to deliver someone from demonic possession he, he breaks into Satan's house. He binds him or ties him up, then plunders his house, taking from Satan what Satan possesses. That's quite a description. Jesus describes delivering someone from the power of Satan as, as, a, as a home invasion or a military extraction. Where Jesus heroically goes into Satan's home, binds him, takes from him. What belongs to him. What he possesses. He robs the devil of what he possesses. Now, if you, even if you've never been demon possessed, praise the Lord for that, right? <laughs> Here's what the Bible says, though. Just, just regarding us and our salvation. Just regular non-demon possessed people. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, The whole world is under the power of Satan. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, it says, Satan deceives the whole world. And before we were saved, before you were saved by Jesus Christ, or I were saved by Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Before we were saved, we walked according to the devil. And we didn't even know it. And some of you may be surprised to hear that. And maybe a little offended to hear that. But that's what the Bible says. In Acts chapter 26, it says that when Jesus saved us, listen, he opened our eyes. We were blind. He turned us from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And saving us. And forgiving our sins and making us children of God. Jesus delivered us from the power of Satan. 
He delivered us from the power of Satan to God, out of the kingdom of darkness, and into the kingdom of His Son. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.